Good morning. It is a Friday, November 3rd, and this is the Commuter Devotional. My name is Chuck, and I'm so glad that you have decided to join us today as we seek to engage our God in Scripture and prayer before the busyness of our day begins. I hope you are ready to end your week on an amazing passage because we're hitting one of the most famous verses in all of John today. We're only going to hit this one verse, and I don't know about you, but for me, once it turns November 1st, it is, it's Christmas time. I know Thanksgiving is still kind of like the next major, I guess, road bump or speed bump before Christmas, but we started playing Christmas music in our classroom already, and around the house, we've already got some ideas of when we're going to put up the Christmas tree, hint, hint, probably next week. But our verse that we're going to look at today, it's a Christmas verse. John does not start off his gospel with the birth narrative like Matthew and Luke do. But similar to Mark, he sort of skips it, except he doesn't because of our verse today. So let me read our passage for us. I'll pray and then we'll dive right into it. This is John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's pray together. Lord, I just I feel like every day when we come to you, after we read these words from the Apostle John, we can see why you loved him so much. He has a way with words. You knew, even as you walked beside him, that he would write these beautiful words about you someday, Father. And here I am, 2,000 years later, reading them and loving them. Lord, as we look at verse 14 today, this amazing picture of who you are, Lord, help us to see you in a way that we may have skipped over in the past. Father, we come to you with thanksgiving on our lips and in our hearts because of passages like this one that you have revealed yourself through creation, yes. Psalm 19 says the heavens declare our God and its voice cannot go without being heard. But then you have also specially revealed yourself in your word and as we see in your Son. So Father, help us this morning. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, We are not going to hit any speed records through the book of John, are we? Today we're looking at just one verse. And I'll remind you, John has been talking about the light. John has been talking about this divine word. And he took a little break to tell us about John the Baptist. And now he's back to talking about the word. And this is the Apostle John's birth narrative of Jesus Christ. Now, like I said, we don't get a manger story. We don't get any shepherds. We don't get the three wise men or anything like that in John's gospel. But we do get this verse. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is, it's its own birth narrative. It's a little different than Matthew and Luke, obviously. But what is John saying? He's saying that word that was in the beginning that word that was with God, that word that was God, that word through whom all things that were made and without him was not anything made that was made, that word that has life in it, the word that has the life that was the light of men, the word that shines in the darkness and the darkness hasn't overcome it, that word, that word took on flesh and dwelt among us. And when John says, we have seen his glory, 
He literally means with his own eyes. Remember 1 John chapter 1. We proclaim him to you, that whom we have seen with our own eyes, that whom we have heard, that whom we have touched with our own hands. John means very literally, we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. And then he throws on this little phrase that I think sometimes we can just read it and move on, but we're going to look at it very carefully. It says that this Son, this Word that took on flesh, is full of two things, grace and truth. He is full of grace and he is full of truth. And I want to look at those two words because what is John setting up for us in this person, this word who took on flesh? Well, first he says that he is full of grace. This simply means that grace as a reminder is often defined as unmerited favor and the loving kindness that God extends to humanity that doesn't deserve it. It's unmerited. It's unearned. And this second person of the Trinity, this word who took on flesh, is full of this grace. But similarly, he's also full of truth. He's filled with divine wisdom. He's filled with holiness. He's filled with perfect teaching. It's an idea of this ultimate reality that Jesus brings And why it's so important that Jesus is filled with grace and truth is easy to see when you think about a Jesus who is full of just truth, for example. A Jesus who is only full of truth and has no grace might only uphold and enforce the truth and the righteousness of God without extending compassion or mercy or forgiveness to those who fall short. This Jesus, who is only filled with truth, might emphasize just judgment and condemnation and strict adherence to the law and disregarding the need for love and understanding and second chances. That would be a God who is only filled with truth. But, on the other hand, if he was only filled with grace and not truth, this would be exactly the opposite around. He would be solely focused on showing mercy and forgiveness and kindness without ever emphasizing the importance of God's truth and righteousness. In this sort of scenario, Jesus might overlook the need for repentance or any kind of moral accountability or adherence to God's commandments, and the whole concept of sin and the need for redemption might be downplayed or even ignored, which of course would distort the message of salvation totally. But that's not who we have when the Word became flesh. Instead, we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, who is filled with grace and filled with with truth. My friends, what do we get when we mix 100% grace with 100% truth? We get a God who will uphold his righteousness and yet at the same time show mercy to those who desperately need it. This is the perfect scenario for us fallen sinners that the word would take on flesh and dwell among us. Can you believe it? Though we don't get an incarnation, though we don't get a traditional Christmas story in the book of John, I like this verse very much. Let me close us in prayer. Our Father, as we go into our Friday and we end our week, oh Lord, what a perfect verse. What a perfect Savior you are. We are so glad that you came filled with grace and truth. 
that you weren't one over the other, but you were perfect in your fullness, that your grace extended to those who desperately needed it. And yet at the same time, you upheld the Lord's righteousness, that you upheld your own holiness, that the standard that was set was not let down for us, but instead you showed mercy and favor by bringing yourself down and humbling yourself. Like Philippians 2 says, you clothed yourself in the likeness of man. Father, we're so grateful for who you are and what you have done for us. And as we go into our day, Lord, help us to just meditate on this idea that our God is one who is filled with grace and truth and how all these other false gods out there seem to emphasize one over the other. But not you, O Lord. You are Lord over all. You are the Lord of lords. You are the King of kings, filled with grace and truth. We thank you, Father. We pray all these things in your Son's name. Amen. Go in peace. I will see you on Monday.